Welcome to the Steady On Podcast, where God's hard truth meets your hard story. I'm Angie Bauman, and this is a super fun fiction-focused bonus episode with my very best friends, Lisa Wood and Maria Jessup, and our special guest, USA Today bestselling author, Lauren K. Denton. If you tune in for these fiction-focused episodes, you may already know that my two fiction-loving friends and I have different reading tastes. Lisa loves a mystery. We tease her that she's not entirely happy with a novel unless someone gets killed. Maria loves a story that ties up nicely at the end, meaning everyone lives happily ever after. And I like true stories or something that teaches me about an event in history while it weaves its tale. But even with those differences, we all absolutely adored The One You're With by Lauren K. Denton. What I loved most about it was Lauren's commitment to allow her characters to process their feelings as they navigated a messy season of life. Life gets hard. Life brings surprises. And so much of our witness to the world is done as we walk through our challenges. We loved chatting with Lauren, and I know you'll be drawn into her warm hospitality and her openness about herself and her writing. Let's listen in. Good evening again, Steady On community, and welcome into uh, Virtual Book Club. It's our fall edition of Virtual Book Club, which I absolutely love, 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 love. And uh, Lisa and Maria are joining me again to talk with Lauren K. Denton. Lauren, welcome to the Steady On community. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. And we are happy to have you. And Lauren is in Birmingham. Is that what you just said? You just said yes. it. And I like, yeah, Birmingham, Birmingham Alabama. <laughs> and we're going to be talking tonight about the one you're with. Yay. Lauren, oh, I got it. is this what? <laughs> we all read the same one. What yes. number? Oh, that would be frustrating. Yeah. I've read them all, but what <laughs> number? Yeah, you can talk on whichever one we read, right? Uh, what number of book is this for you? Do you this was number five. Number five. Yes. Okay. And is the yes. one that is coming out next week number six, or is there that's number six? That's number six. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's all right. So, one. yeah. So, thanks for joining us as you are like in the heart of a launch for another book. And yes. we're going to get to that in just a little bit. But yes, uh, that's fine. I love this book. I'm always I, Oh my oh. goodness. We mm. loved this book. And I have to tell you that Lisa was telling us before we went live, she's read it not once, not twice, three times. She's listened to it twice and read it <laughs> wow. once. Show her the wear and tear on your paper book there because wow, it went to... It I went to it. Croatia with her. So like, so she gets the gold star. Totally <laughs> yeah. get the gold star. I'll give her that, that one. Yeah. No, she's we just old, let her so she oh, has to amazing. do it a couple times. So she's an, she's an overachiever, but, <laughs> yes, um, these are yeah, overachievers. but we, we love her. So, but hey, we want to ask you about the beach because I've read that you are a beach loving girl and yes. Lisa and Maria are also beach loving girls. I, if I have to pick, I'm a mountains girl, although okay, I appreciate okay. the beach, you know, yeah, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, that happens a lot with the three of us, but, um, but uh, what do your trips do for you? Your trips to the beach? I know you spend like a lot of time there. And I think yes. recently I noticed uh, you took a break from social media even, right? Did you, did you write to us and say you're going to be gone just for a little bit and kind of rest I do, at the beach? I do yeah. that from time mm-hmm. to time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to just kind of pull back a little what bit. Is, I think that's great. What does it do yeah. for you? Why the beach? And, and even your story, this story had a lot of beach yeah. in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I've grown up going to pretty much the same stretch of beach my whole life. And I think there's something, well, just the practical, I, I'm, I'm not in my own house, so I don't have any of the chores. I don't have any of the responsibilities. Um, My family has a, has a place at the beach. So it's still our, 
our home, one of our homes, but it's very small and, you know, we don't bring all of our stuff. So it's just, I don't have as much to do. I can relax, but I think standing there mm-hmm. on the, like in the sand, looking at the water, it's the same water. It's always looked the same my entire life. And there's mm-hmm. just something about the fact that it doesn't change no matter what's going on in my life. I can look out there and see that blue water and the sugar white sand and I don't know. It just kind of gives me a different perspective. It's the, it's like the faithfulness, if you will, of the nature around that place. And it just slows my mind down. It takes a lot of the extraneous stresses out. And then when I'm writing my stories, I always choose the setting first. So I, and I always want to kind of place my stories in an area where I want my head to be for the nine, 10 months, whatever it takes me to write the book. And I always want to be at the beach. So (laughs) all of my books have some um, setting on the water, whether it's sometimes it's Mobile Bay, sometimes it's the Gulf. Um, So yeah, I always try to put in part of the setting that is meaningful for me, hoping that it gives readers kind of a sense of that um, escape a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's a that part of the way that you share a piece of yourself with us. I, I think, think so. Maybe, right. Yeah. I, I have readers that. everywhere <laughs> who, you know, who don't live in my, in my area who can't hop in the car and drive to the beach. So I, I try to give a little bit of that uh, to people in the middle of Indiana or Illinois or, yes. you know, yes, we I don't appreciate, know, Montana, we Midwesterns appreciate, yes. Midwesterners <laughs> appreciate that. That yes. reminds me, Lisa, I don't know if you'll remember this, but what Lisa used to have a, a beach house. Where was your beach house? Mine? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. by Rosemary Beach, uh, oh, beach yeah. uh, seaside that area yes and I remember when you first when mm-hmm. you were first going down yeah. there a lot you were talking mm-hmm. about how I think I could I think I would rather like live down here because it's like less stressful or something you know but and I, I hear that in what you're saying where you're like I go there and some of the things that are like always a part of my life aren't there and so it feels more minimal slower lower slower lower slower yes I love that and life feels fast a lot so it's nice to slow down and scattered and messy Mm -hmm. which I Mm -hmm. I have to say that's part of what we really really loved about your book all three of us said that like I loved the honesty of the mess Mm -hmm. like all Mm -hmm. actors were kind of they were in a little bit of a mess and they were a little bit of a mess not everything wasn't a mess but it felt you know and we could we could we could relate so much with that complexity of this mm-hmm. is good, but this is hard. And mm-hmm. some days it feels like mostly it's good, but then the hard gets bigger. And that, I think that's real. That it's is so just life. Real. It is. <laughs> yeah. 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 When you go to the beach, do you ever go alone or are you always with your people? Or with I, you know, the last few years I've been going down um, with a couple of friends for a little writing escape. <laughs> so I haven't been by myself in many years. Um, but going without, I love my husband and my children, of course, but going without them just really takes, you know, I don't have to cook dinner for anybody. I can eat a bowl of cereal for dinner and and not have to worry about anybody else. But going with these two friends, we try to get some writing done and just a lot of thinking and brainstorming. And that's, that's pretty special. Yeah. Yeah. Is it wrong to give your children cereal for dinner? Wait a second. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> my kids are fine with that. My husband, my husband and I used to eat cereal for dinner before we had kids. You know, sometimes I would just say we're having I'm like, cereal. oh no. Yeah, I think it's the kids. I feel like I've got to give them vegetables and you know, yeah. all those yeah. things. Right. Yes. Yeah, that's very good. <laughs> sometimes. I, I think one of the things that I could really relate to, and we were all talking about this just before we actually connected with you this evening, is this idea in the book that these, that all the characters or the main characters are faced with this, like, 
reality of a choice they made earlier in their life that leaves them wondering what life might have been like if they'd made a different choice. Man, I could relate to that so much. And I know these ladies could too. I'm wondering where does that come from somewhere in your life? I would think that it probably does, but how did whatever maybe is in your life, how did that affect this story a little bit? You know, I, I have not, I don't ever look back on the choices that I made and wonder if I made the wrong ones. Really? No, I don't. I didn't write this with any, um, really looking at my life at all. Honestly, there's one decision that I made that sort of changed where I was going. I started college in one place and I transferred halfway through to a totally to a a state school. I started at this place called Birmingham Southern. It's a small private university, liberal arts university here in Birmingham college here in Birmingham. And then I transferred to Auburn. I don't know if you know anything, Auburn, Alabama, like big rivalry here. I went to Auburn. Um, and that was really momentous for me, strangely, because I think it is, that's what set me on the path to come back to Birmingham, which is mm-hmm. what I met the people who introduced me to my church that I still go to now. And ultimately, like I met the girl that introduced me and my husband. So I just, I have all the confidence that that was the right choice for me. So I don't ever doubt that. I don't ever look back and think what would have happened if I hadn't done that, but I really wanted um, I really wanted these characters to do that. I wanted them to, to look back on, you know, the paths that brought them where they were and have to really ponder that. Um, and I knew, I knew what was going to happen with them. I knew the, the ending that I was going to give them, but I wanted them to have to kind of wiggle in there a little bit and kind of yeah. think a little, pretty hard before they got to that, to that ending. Yeah. Yeah, we did not know the ending. We were, I, no. I, like, I was on the edge of my seat. I'm like, wait, wait, oh, good. wait we're really going to go. Oh, no idea. <laughs> you no. know, oh, even, that makes even, me happy. Even the third time when I listened to it, I was like, oh, how's this going to turn <laughs> Are out? Are they going to do it? <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, that makes, I'm glad. I'm glad you didn't yeah. know what was yeah. going to yeah. happen. Had no idea. Yeah, I think that's so great. And I'm still stuck on that. Like, I never wonder about my life if I it, like, because I, I think even though I know, like, I'm so blessed in my life, I have a good marriage. I have great kids. I have like, I th- like so many things are right in my life. When my life gets hard, I do romanticize the choices I didn't sure. make. I'll yeah. be very honest. I, about I mean, that. I can see that. Yeah. 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 Um, I think that's so great. I mean, I think there's probably, and that's probably one of the reasons that like, Sometimes I crave peace that is mine to have, but I don't claim it because, you know, and I I wonder that around. And I think I, I'm not, I'm pretty hard on myself in that. Like, well, if you'd have just done this, then this, you know, kind of Uh, thing. Yeah. 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 I I do love that's a really common, a common thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I can definitely, I know that my life would have, well, I mean, you get into the, you get into the whole sovereignty of God thing. Like he's ordering, you know, I'm I'm where I am for a reason, Yes, but if you kind (laughs) of, look to the side of that, you know, I, if I had made a different choice and stayed where I was and gone down and I know I, my path would look different than how it does now. And this is clearly where I was. Right. Go, yeah. So. And I would, I always think about when I get, when I do that, when I'm tempted to do that, I always think the big things in your life that mean the most to you would all be different 
if this were, and so that's not really what you want, right? Right, Because you don't want these things to go away or change, but yeah. 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 Do you, I want to say hi to Letha. She says, I love Lauren's book. I listen on Hoopla. And oh, uh, so, yeah. So thanks for watching oh, with us tonight. Yeah. You. She's commenting and anybody else that's watching, that's if you, if you comment, we definitely want to give you a shout out. So yeah. uh, you mentioned that you knew, oh, go ahead, Lisa. Yeah. I just, she said yeah. she, she listens on Hoopla. I, your narrator is oh, so good. So, I listened oh, she also. is so good. Oh, yes. Devin O'Day. I get so many compliments. I mean, oh, yeah. I don't get compliments. I get a lot of messages saying your narrator is so yeah. great. And she's she really fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I loved listening. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I listened also. Lisa listened twice, read once. She did both. I listened. <laughs> Maria read. So we've got all right. it all covered. Yeah. You've yeah. Got so it covered. <laughs> you said that you knew how the characters were going to end before mm-hmm. you got there. Is that how you always write? Do you always like write with the ending in mind? I do. Okay. I I don't always know. Let's see. There was uh, there was one book where I wasn't mm-hmm. sure. Uh, my third novel, I, I I was pretty far into the book before I realized what decision this woman was going to make. But for the most part, I have to know what that ending point is before I start writing, so I know which direction I'm headed in. Um, there's a lot of authors who will just kind of start writing and see where they go. And I'm always really jealous of that because it just seems so free and just a fun way to write. But I, I'm, I think I'm a little too controlling for that. I think mm-hmm. I, I need to know, I need to know where I'm headed. If I don't, sometimes I know what that scene is going to look like. And I know that's exactly what I'm heading towards. And other times I'll just kind of have a sense of it. Um, like I knew how this was going to end, but I wasn't exactly sure how they were going to get there. Okay. Um, so yeah, I, I'm a little, a little bit of a, a, a plotter to the extent that I, I just need to know my end goal. Yeah. And I, I, so I'm in a couple of writing groups. I don't write mm-hmm. fiction, but I am friends with people who write fiction. And sometimes mm-hmm. they'll say something that's always like so shocking to me where they're like, I'm writing and my character did something that really surprised me or my character did something I didn't like or something like that. Do you ever experience it? Because I'm like, <laughs> well, so aren't you in charge? Like, yes, <laughs> yes. But sometimes well, so it's almost like they're not. And I just, I yeah. Know. I'll hear authors say, you know, my characters told me this or, and I, I don't feel that way. I feel like yeah. I'm definitely in control of my characters mm-hmm. and the story and what happens but but what will happen is I'll I'll think I'll know where I'm going and as I'm writing a scene it'll just kind of veer into something else and I'll think oh well that that's where this needed to, we need to go down this road instead of this one that I thought but it's not really the characters doing anything uh-huh. it's just the logical you know maybe I it's just the, the logical end of that scene or of that chapter so yeah. yeah. I, I don't, they don't talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> I tell them what to do. Right. Good. I think that's very good. Very wise. Yeah. No, we, um, we talk sometimes to historical fiction authors and about their research process. Mm-hmm. When you write a contemporary novel like this, is there a lot of research to do? Do you have people that you have to interview or was there anything in, in this book that you're like, Ooh, I'm going to have to learn more about that to really do that. Well, um, I don't have, well, it depends. Some of the book, this one, I didn't really, um, mm-hmm. I mean, I did, I looked, well, the research I did for um, Edie's job being the uh, Yeah, yeah, designer, like the, because she was a designer, right. I had, we had just done a huge renovation on our house. Perfect. And so when I started writing this book, my head was so wrapped up in our drawings and like our, we were down to the studs in the walls down in our kitchen. And so that's just, I was like, well, Edie's going to be a designer and she's going to do all these renovations. And so it was kind of a fun way. Um, to use some of that useless yeah. knowledge that has been poured into my head after this renovation. But 
some of the books, I mean, you definitely don't have to do as much research as you do for nonfiction, but um, I, my characters have had different vocations that I haven't known anything about. So I've had to do research. I had a, a book that was set on a dairy farm and I didn't know anything about dairy farming. So I had to contact a few dairy farms. And the good thing is when you tell somebody you're writing a book and you have questions, they're very forthcoming with information. <laughs> so I bet. Yeah. Because the they want to share what they're passionate about. Yes, yeah. Right. And they want it to be represented well, I'm sure. Yes. Yeah. I love that. And I want to get the details right. I don't want to mess anything yeah. up or, you know, so they're, they're always willing to help. So that's yeah. nice. Letha is saying that she also loved the author that, or the narrator, I'm sorry, the narrator is oh, awesome. Good. She said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, we agree. Yeah, we totally yeah. agree. She's great. I, uh-huh. uh, Lisa Marie, I just want to pause here for a second because I ask all the questions. Anything, a follow-up question for Lauren on anything we've been talking about so far or comment? Put you on the spot. <laughs> Not so far, but I love the idea of knowing the ending at the end because I, I, I think Angie started to mention this. I'm like the bow at the end. I yeah. like everything tied she, up She nicely. wants it to work out so nicely. I totally get that, um, knowing <laughs> yeah. my, my ending and getting there from there. Yes. So I appreciate yes. that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. different. Every, every author has a different way of writing mm-hmm. and um, that's my way. That's mm-hmm. worked so far for me. Yeah, I love yeah, that. I, I, I was thinking more a little bit more about the choices that we make in life mm. um, and how you, you know, really portrayed that I, it was just so well done. And um, I always kind of think when there's two choices that I think you kind of alluded to this with your decision about the college, there's not really a wrong choice, right. you know, because yeah. wherever you are, God's going to be with you. Sure. And, um, and so it's going to play out differently, mm-hmm. but it's still it's not it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be bad. That's right. That's um, a and good I thought point. about that yeah. with those, with those characters. Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it feels, but, point. and I, but I'm, I, I'm so hard on myself, I guess sometimes, because mm-hmm. when it starts going, when it starts going bad, then I think that I did the bad thing or I did the wrong mm-hmm. thing. That's like my gut. And I can talk myself out of that. Do you know what I mean? Like I can ration or not rationalize it, but like pull in exactly what you're saying, Lisa, but it's so tempting for me to be yeah. like, oh, if I'd have just done the other thing, I yeah. wouldn't be here and I wouldn't be here, but I'd be somewhere else that was messy. Right. right. Like that's the truth too. Yeah. There's not God, a decision that's going to be perfect. I that's going to make everything right. Perfect. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Dang it. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> one of my life mantras, you know, the grass isn't greener. It's just different grass. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> you know, it yeah. might be greener, but it's just yeah. as hard to cut, you yeah. know, I mean, it's <laughs> right. Hard to, right. You know, like, it, yeah. So that's just, a, that's just part of the reality. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That is true too. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering, I ask this question a lot of authors and that is when I pull up like Christian book distributors or some like family fiction or something in a Christian Mm -hmm. genre, your name is there, your books Mm -hmm. are there. There's not like this, like heavy gospel message in your book, right? right? There's not right. And so I always like to ask for you, what makes you now you just took, I'm going to say, you just took a deep breath. Are you, are you <laughs> not that. wanting, I know, no, are you not I, wanting this? No, question I do want to talk okay, about it. All right. It's a good question for I me. Think it, I think you good. Yeah. Cause I, because I'm really like curious. Yeah. I've talked to other authors that like in the same work, they will get the reviews. I don't know if you mm-hmm. read your reviews. Don't, but mm-hmm. <laughs> not I, I because don't. they're all bad. I learned like, that lesson. I know. <laughs> it's just so hard. Why do we do it? We, ha- we do it. We shouldn't do it. But I mean, like on the same book, one review, will say this is way too christian right mm-hmm. this is way too much jesus and mm-hmm. another book will like how can this be christian there's not mm-hmm. enough you know so people have vastly strong opinions about it so where That's do right. you where do you yeah. find your like you know what i'm asking without me asking it i, I do. think what I makes do. it christian fiction for you yeah. what make yeah yeah and i think the reason why i sighed is because yeah. this I, I, a lot of readers tend to be confused and or frustrated 
with the lack of or too much just because because it can be a little confusing. So my story with that is I never set out to write Christian fiction. I'm not a I, I haven't done much reading of traditional Christian fiction. And I think if you don't read something, you can't really write in that genre because you've got to know, you know, how to do it. Um, I just, when I started writing, my, my words tended towards Southern, more women's fiction, not faith-based. I'm a, I'm a believer that is a hugely important thing in my life, but I just never set out to put a heavy faith message in my stories. I, the way I got connected with my publisher, interestingly enough, since we were talking about her earlier was through Patty Callahan Henry. She is, she lives in Birmingham, part, part time in Birmingham. And when I was looking for an agent for my first novel, I met with her and was just kind of telling her what I was working on. And I was basically asking her how long I needed to keep querying this one story before I moved on to something else. And to make a long story short, she knew an editor at Thomas Nelson. And she said, I really think she'll like your story. Can I introduce the two of you? So I ended up going with Thomas Nelson. They loved my books. And I said, you know, I don't write traditional Christian fiction. When I think of Thomas Nelson, I think of Christian fiction, Bible studies, you know, Zondervan, they, they, they publish the Bible, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm not planning on writing that type of story. And they said, we, they said they saw my stories as fitting into a lane between Christian fiction and just, you know, mainstream secular fiction. It's a story you can give to your mom or your mother-in-law or your daughter to read. And they really liked that. And I really like that lane for myself. So I've published all of my books with them um, so far. And at the very beginning, readers did, um, I think my books rubbed them the wrong way because they didn't include characters finding salvation. I think a lot of traditional Christian fiction, whatever problem is going on in the story tends to be worked out through their faith, through Jesus. And that just wasn't, I wasn't including that. I'd, I didn't want to have a heavy message, but my hope is that more I don't know, astute readers, maybe will see those threads of redemption and hope and light in my story without, without me being really overt about it. That's, that's my goal. And I, um, again, some readers don't appreciate that and some really do, but it, but it gets confusing when people don't know where to find my books because in some bookstores they're in the Christian section and some they're in just fiction and, um, but you know, that's okay. I've, I've learned to work with that. I, we've read a lot. Yeah. We've read a lot of Christian fiction and we've, I think more and more, a lot of Christian fiction is more this lane, which it's I starting appre- to be that yeah, way, which right. I kind of appreciate because it's not so separate mm-hmm. from what um, regular, I don't know. I don't know the word secular fiction is, right. but I'll just tell you as someone who has read, I'm a Bible teacher and I mm-hmm. re- have read a lot of Christian, I saw Jesus all in this story. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? Like I just saw, and I saw the people, um, doing things, making decisions that were, uh, it makes me emotional, but that were like, they were hard choices, Mm -hmm. but they were right choices as people who wanted to live their life 
with those values. And mm-hmm. so I don't think it has to be a scene that sometimes, quite honestly, I think is very forced mm-hmm. sort of at the, you know, the 80% in the book sort of place. And you got to right. have this scene where somebody, exactly. you know, does it. Yeah. Yeah. and it's like, that feels forced sometimes, right. but this didn't feel forced. This yeah. felt real. And, uh, yeah. So that's just my two cents. I think Lisa wanted to add something about that. Did I see you? No, no, yeah. I just knew yeah. that we could find, yeah, it just, it feels spiritual that, yeah, I agree with uh, Angie completely. The decisions that they made felt like they were made in faith. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they had faith because they yeah. had to make some decisions that required faith yeah. to right. live with those decisions. That's right. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. I want to read something from Letha again. It says, when I read Lauren's books, I know I'll get a good storyline, a good message. And I think about God and the characters seem to want to do what's right. A oh, Southern wow. hospitality feel. I just love it. When is the next book? Hey, we can talk about that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Lauren has a new book. I want to ask do. you about this coming out. Do I have it right on the 4th, October 4th? Yes, is it's that a week, from, a week from today? Will you yes. give us just a little uh, synopsis? What, what yes. are you telling people about it? Yeah. I, yeah. So I have, I happen to have it right here. I'll of just course you, you do. Yes. <laughs> um, a place to land. So it is the story of two sisters um, Violet and Trudy, they're in their sixties. They have lived together for 40 years. Uh, Violet is a bird watcher. Um, and she and her sister, uh, she's a bird watcher, like with the Audubon society, she counts birds and records what, you know, their activity. Um, and she and her sister Trudy own an art shop in this little town called Sugar Bend, Alabama. It's on a river down near the coast. And Trudy has not, she doesn't speak. She writes through, um, she writes her words down on a, on a piece, pieces of paper, And uh, one night, this boat that has been underwater for 40 years rises to the surface and brings with it all these secrets that both sisters thought they had really left in the past. So they, as this boat surfaces, people in the community start asking questions and they have to decide, the sisters have to decide what secrets they're going to keep hidden and what they're going to reveal and how that's going to affect the people that they have come to really love in this, in this sweet little town. Um, so it's a little, it's, it's, it's very, it'll have the similar feel of my stories of, for people who have read my books, but there's a little bit more mystery, Lisa, for you. All right. um, <laughs> and there's a hint, a hint of magic, magical realism. Oh. If you've ever read any stories that have magical realism in it, it's just little touches. Um, okay. And I had wanted to add that into a story for a while. And this one seemed like a, a good one to, to play with. So it was. What does magical realism mean? I don't know. Okay. So it yet? is, it's, um, it's nothing like Harry Potter, like total magic world. It is normal, you know, regular life, but just with little magical elements that are taken as, um, as normal. Like one of my favorite um magical realism authors, Southern fiction author that uses magical realism, Sarah Addison Allen. She has a, um, a tree in the backyard of this house that throws apples at people it doesn't like. And she can bake um, different feelings inside the cakes and pastries that she makes. So in this, in this, in my book, um, there, there are pelicans that show up. Pelicans are all over the coast. You know, if y'all go there Um, and they, it, uh, the, the pelicans sort of have little messages well, that makes it sound really hokey. They show up at very poignant times in the story. Um, and there's just little ways that um, the wind and different things that the sisters find um, 
have different meaning than they would in, in some of my other stories. Um, so yeah, I'm it's intrigued. A lot, it was a lot of fun to play with. Yeah, yeah a, I bet. Yeah, I bet. I bet. I'm intrigued. That's great. Um, when you said your faith is something that's really important to you just as a, as a woman. And I'm mm-hmm. wondering as you're writing either this book, the one you're with, or as you're writing in general, uh, you feel that call, uh, on your life from the Lord, I, mm-hmm. I think, right. Um, yes. is there a yeah, verse of definitely. scripture? Yeah. That, uh, or not maybe the favorite, but is there yeah. one that you go to often? That's a favorite of yours. I'd love to know. <clears throat> you know, I don't, I, I really don't have a particular verse that I connect with my writing. I just, when I'm in the middle of a, of a big writing project and I'm on deadline and I'm working really hard. I probably pray more than I ever do in my life. I am, I basically pray my way through writing these stories. I really feel like um, God has given me this talent and this little lane and my books fit into it. And I really think they affect readers and I want to be faithful to that gift and that talent, but it is so hard to do writing books is so difficult. And so I just, I'm constantly having to pray that God will give me, I don't know, perseverance and strength to keep doing what I think that I should be doing and to not listen to all the voices that, you know, want to tell me nobody's going to read the story mm. or, you know, you really have no idea what you're doing. This whole mm. story is going to fall apart. Um, I, it's just like a daily taking one step and hoping that 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 bridge is going to be there with every step where I put my feet. Um, a lot of times I read through the Psalms, but I think the Psalms are really good for all kinds of emotions and feelings. Yes. Um, yeah. It's just, I just code it all in a lot of prayer. That's sometimes all I feel like I can do. Thank you for your honesty around that. I think whatever the Lord calls us to do, there is that those there's those moments that just become really difficult where we doubt ourselves so. and our own abilities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering you you're quite accomplished. Um, oh. I've read, you know, the <laughs> list of like the awards and the accolades that you've received and you have readers everywhere. And mm-hmm. does it get any easier or is there some point in every book that you think I'm, this is a mess. I can't do this. Yes. To the second part, Mm -hmm. every, every book, I feel like I've completely forgotten how to do this. So Mm -hmm. every time I start a new book, it is like Mm -hmm. relearning how to write a story. I mean, I know the basics of how to write a story and I know what I want to do. And I, I have the confidence that I can do it because I've done it, you know, now six times, but there is, it always feels like I'm at the, at the bottom of a mountain and I've got to get all the way to the top of Everest or something. Um, and the middle is the hardest part for me. I think it is for a lot of authors, the, you know, the beginning of the story, you've got all this energy and it's exciting and it's the new shiny story idea. And I know that end point, I know where I'm, where I want to go, but it's just that whole middle part where things get really saggy and hard and enough stuff has to happen. And that's when I start thinking, what am I doing? I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> That's the part I have to put yeah. my way through. <laughs> yeah. 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 Have you, did you have a career before writing or did you go to school to be, or have you always been a writer or? No, I no. went to, I got a degree in psychology. Okay. Um, I wanted originally wanted to do some sort of either family counseling or school counseling, but when I finished, you know, you can't do anything with a bachelor's degree in psychology. And when I finished, when I graduated, I wasn't ready to go right back into school. So I got a, ended up getting an internship at a company here in Birmingham that publishes Southern Living magazine. And mm-hmm. at that, when I was there, they had six or seven magazines. They've all, I think they've all closed now except Southern Living. Um, so during that, you know, 10 years or so, eight years, I was 
writing promotional copy for these magazines, but then sitting on my computer on in my downtime and typing up story ideas that I had. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't, I didn't even think about being a, a writer of books until after college. I just didn't, I've always been a big reader, but I, I just didn't equate in my head that you could actually be a writer of books. I yeah. just thought they were a whole different group of people, like super people. Yeah, um, you are. Yeah, well, <laughs> I don't think I am at all. You um, get to wear that cape. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, now that I know all those super writers probably felt like I do in the middle of a book, it makes me think they're I think a little that's more normal. good for people yeah. to hear. Thank you for allowing us to hear that. I think it helps us all with whatever we're called to do as well. Sure. You know, was, we, we had on, it's been quite a while, Erin Bartles. I don't know if you know her, I, but yeah, I do. She, yeah from her. Michigan. Yeah. And she mm-hmm. was, because she wrote cop, she wrote like the back the synopsis on the back of the books, right. For a long time for right. where she was. In, and we, and she's kind of said the same thing where I was writing the, the, that, that condensed version of so many other people's books and how much yeah. that has helped her like keep tight, you know, so those oh, early things we really do, interesting. yeah, yeah, those early things we do mm-hmm. are so like, I think sometimes we can see how those choices maybe don't like add up, but when we look back, we can see how actually, yes. yeah, that thing, that choice that we made actually is so important to what we're doing. That's a really now. good point. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, that. it's Aaron's not. Yeah. Before we let you go. Okay. I always ask this of all the guests because I love to share resources and I want to give another shout out to Letha too. Thank you so much for, she says she can hardly wait for the new book. Oh, just so good. Know. Thank yeah, you, yeah. Letha. <laughs> uh, but before, uh, before I let you go, I love to share resources. So I'm wondering if you'll give us just a little yes. piece into your life, what maybe is in your earbuds or on your nightstand. My guess yes. is you're a reader. Most yes. authors are readers. So yes. what, what's, what's keeping you interested yes. right now? I have three books. I'm going to tell you, I'll do it real quick. You the know, it's first good. one, um, I was in between two kind of heavy books I was reading. One, I had just finished one that was about the Civil War. And the next one was about this uh, other really heavy topic. And I needed a palate cleanser. And some of my readers had told me about this book called The Bodyguard by Catherine Center. She has written, I don't know, a bunch of books. I've read most of them. But this one, she her books are so bright and fun and happy. She, I think, is just a super bright, fun, happy person. So it comes out in her books. This is about a female bodyguard who is, who has, who works for this really exclusive personal security company. And she has to, she has to, um, bodyguard. She has to, I don't know, what's the word, like protect, uh, basically the, the, the sexiest, uh, movie star in America. Like she gets paired awesome. up with this man while he's having this whole big family thing happening. And it is just the most delightful I laughed. I, I was worried I was gonna wake my husband up at night. I was like <laughs> silent laughing. Um, it is just completely delightful. I've been telling everybody about it. This is just a, a happy book. There's a little bit of language, but it's not too bad. Um, but it's, it's wonderful. Second book is called the uh, Thursday murder club. Have you heard of the Thursday murder club? No. Saw, yeah, I did. I saw it on a, on a something that was recommending books and I saw that yes. listed. Okay. So that's, it's the first in a series of three. The third one's about to come out maybe this month or next month. Um, It is about this group of senior citizens who live in a retirement community in England and they get together once a week to discuss cold case murders and like figure out what happened. And then a situation happens very close to their community and they jump in to figure it out. And it is 
it is another completely delightful story. I have, I've read the first two and I cannot wait to get my hands on the third. I'm going to interrupt it's, you real quick. Cause yeah. Letha says, what's the author of the bodyguard book? Was it Catherine Center? Catherine Center. C-E-N-T-E-R. Center. There you go, Letha. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And the Thursday murder club is Richard Osman or Osman. It's O-S-M-A-N. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to uh, have to are, check that out. For yeah, I'll are, put these things in the comments so when we get done. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. and then the third one is is not bright and happy and fun, but it has been really helpful for me. It's called um, Prayer in the Night. Oh, here it is. Okay, this is what it's called. I've been recommending it to a lot of people. Um, Tish Harrison Warren what, wrote a book called uh, Liturgy of the Ordinary. I don't know if any of your readers have ever read that. It was really wonderful, but this one is centered around a prayer in the book of common prayer that starts, that's about, we, the subtitle is for those who work or watch or weep. And it goes through, it's basically a book on grief and how you, how you, um, you can pray this around this prayer. And it covers people who are awake in the middle of the night working people who are watching either sitting with someone who's sick or, um, people who are weeping, who are actively grieving people who have, um, lifelong afflictions, people who are suffering, but it's not a sad, heavy book. It is really comforting for people going through any sort of tough season. So mm. um, I recommend that. I've yeah. been telling a lot of people about that. If, if that. that's the season you find yourself in. Yeah. And we, we do. Yeah. We, yeah. All, we all do from time to point, time. Right? Yeah. yeah. So I that one's that really resource. good. Thank you for sharing those things with us. And this time has gone by so fast. This was so fun. Yeah, I know it was so fun. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. I just want to remind everyone that Lauren can be found at laurenkdenton.com. This book that we've been talking about is the one you're with. We absolutely adored it. Uh, we didn't talk too specifically about it because here's the thing we've learned. It's so easy to give away the, the spoilers yeah. <laughs> and we try to stay so far away from them because we do, right? It's, it's a, hard. So, yes. uh, yeah, it is hard. So it's the I one you're we did with. A good job. Is, thank you. Thank you. And the new one is a place to land and that comes out on October the 4th and um, you can find I will put uh, all those things for those who are listening to the podcast I'll put all those things in the show notes so that you can find and follow and connect with Lauren and again Lisa and Maria thank you always for doing this with us thank you for Letha we were so glad you were here and others who were watching Um, and yeah we will sign off and Lauren again just thank you so much for your time yes I I love being here until next time peace Thank you, Lisa and Maria, for hanging out with me again for this author chat. And thank you, Lauren, for giving us the gift of your time. We appreciate your work, and even more than that, we appreciate your willingness to share pieces of your heart as you share your stories with the world. Lauren's books are available wherever books are sold. The one we were talking about in this episode is The One You're With, and her most recent book is called A Place to Land. You'll find her website and all the places to find and follow her in today's show notes. If you haven't yet, I'd be so grateful if you would follow the podcast on whatever directory you're using to listen. It only takes a second and it guarantees you'll see new episodes, including these fiction-focused bonus episodes, as soon as they drop. Thank you so much for listening. I pray wherever your day takes you, you're walking in the confident knowledge that you are a beloved, cherished child of God. Peace.